Hello and welcome to the Community's Highlight segment. And today we're joined with the one and only Alan Adler with our Truck Tech segment. Alan, thanks for joining us this morning. Morning, Anthony. So Alan, jumping into it, we have the crowded class edition of Truck Tech this morning. Let's jump into it. All right. So, you know, we're always looking for a cute way to say it. So that's the best I could come up with so far. You'll get a little different headline on the web version. Basically, we're talking about class five and class five trucks are those that would still kind of be right in the heart of the medium duty segment. Um, Gathered together, Anthony, a fair amount of information here in terms of why this segment is growing so quickly and has so many new entrants, as well as some returning entrants uh, from legacy manufacturers like Daimler Truck. Um, These trucks uh, are up and down your street every day. They're brown, they're white, sometimes they're postal service trucks. And basically they're bringing that package, that, that, uh, that order that you made from Amazon or from somewhere else, and promised to get it to you in a day. So these trucks, um, that's just a part of the class five group because there are also work trucks in there um, of various sorts. But the electrification of this space being that it's uh, an early uh, candidate, early uh, orders for electrification, especially in California, 10% by 2025, means that you've got a lot of hope there for some of these, uh, I won't call them startups, but companies that see this area as much more fertile than, say, going up to class seven or eight or all the way down to a class one or two. So they they occupy the middle here and and they're, um, I wouldn't say flooding it, but there's certainly a lot of product out there. It feels like some of these companies that kind of hang out in the middle, they're they're almost not large enough to play on either side of the spectrum, right? And they see this middle space, this class five is kind of the safe play to get their feet in the water, test out their technology because the class five is something that the majority of companies can use. As you mentioned, you see them go up and down the street every single day. It doesn't take a huge effort to get a driver behind the wheel like it does to earn your class eight CDL and get over the road in a big time truck like that. And it's kind of an easier, it's got an easier barrier to entry, right? It's it's an easier place to jump into the market. When we're looking at well, how many competitors are truly there, Alan, what do, what do the numbers look like? Well, okay. First of all, we have to frame it up. The, the, there are two major chassis makers for sort of this class five area, um, Freightliner Custom Chassis, which is part of Daimler Truck North America, and Ford Motor Company, which, you know, is is better known for automobiles. But uh, And of course, trucks like the F-150. But, but I think that, you know, and then from a body perspective, you've got two majors, Morgan Olson, which is part of uh, uh, JB... Uh, uh, mm. Why do I always do this on TV? Uh, Poindexter, thank you, JB Poindexter, and also Utilimaster, which is part of the shift group. So they are the major players in the space in terms of chassis and and bodies or what are called top hats. And uh, uh, basically what you've got now is you've got um, shift itself coming into the market with its own electric chassis now. Uh, They didn't feel they could find one elsewhere. Um, they're not a small player by any means. They they were the original Spartan Motors uh, that made fire trucks, but when they sold the fire truck business, they sold the name too. So they rebranded themselves to so the Shift Group. They have about nine brands, public facing brands, 
But um, but Utila Master is one of those. And then, of course, you know, Blue Ark is a name that kind of burst onto the scene at the Work Talk Show two years ago. Um, this year at the Work Talk Show in Indianapolis, they showed a, a crew cab version of this truck, which uh, was interesting because they may or may not build it, but it's a prototype. It's something to consider. And, um, you know, so they're doing that. Now, I think you also have some, uh, even as we talk about crowding the segment, you've got some companies that have kind of fallen away. They've been absorbed by other companies. Again, the Shift Group bought uh, uh, what was left of XL Fleet, um, you know, and took that into its own, uh, you know, um, uh, area of of the the trucking business. You've got some others like Bollinger Motors that wanted to come with a uh, a class five truck. Uh, may still do that, but they've been sixty uh, percent purchased by Mullen Automotive and other companies, probably in some financial difficulty. So you may see some more shakeout. But one of the big moves that you did see recently was the return of uh, Daimler Truck in this space. Of course, they have the class six. Uh, medium duty called uh, the EM2 that is just entering production late this year, but they're also bringing from Asia the old, uh, the formerly known as Ecanter from Mitsubishi Fusho. They've rebranded that as Ryzen, uh, and uh, that led to my attempt at some music humor this week. I encourage everyone to try to figure out what I was writing about that subhead, uh, but the hint is the doors. And uh, you know, so so you'll just have to see how this shakes out. But we've got lots of players there. Workhorses coming back in a in a major way with a class five early in twenty four, um, followed by their own class four in in twenty twenty five. So um, lots of competition out there, but also in a growing segment. And Alan, one of the things you mentioned there was chassis, and you have a section here talking about repowering uh, existing chassis. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, uh, Motive Power Systems, which has been around for a while now, and and you know typically they've got three Ford chassis, Anthony, that they uh, basically electrify, and they have one for a Freightliner custom chassis. They expect to have a few more over the next few years. Um, they're actually taking that repowering to a new level. They're working with a company called Our Next Energy. We'll be over in Detroit next week talking to the folks at, at, at ONE, that's the acronym, um, and uh, try to learn a little bit more about their battery technology because they've been adopted now by um, by uh, uh, Shift Group as well as Motive. Uh, Motive also worked with NIDEC out of Japan to uh, redo its motor. Um, they used to use uh, uh, BMW i3 uh, batteries in, in the chassis. Now they're Using one technology, this uh, it's called um, it's called uh, uh, lithium ion, excuse me, uh, iron phosphate uh, battery technology, and you know so that's something that's you know kind of coming on the scene. So they're kind of raising their game a little bit. They're working with um, they're they're working with the uh, uh, electric. Um, uh, cooling people like uh, Transicold and others to really, you know, make both custom product as well as uh, something that, you know, they kind of go fleet by fleet with their business. They're not a, a major manufacturer. They go based on an order basis. So, uh, you know, they are still in the hundreds and uh, of vehicles built uh, to Kaylee's point earlier about, you know, smaller companies, but they have a lot of experience. They've, they've done a lot in this space and they continue to kind of raise their game. So, um, so they're in the story. I mentioned Workhorse, then of course, Shift Group is there and of course, uh, Rise On. So you've got at least those guys. We didn't name everybody. We did mention Re-Automotive because even though these sometimes are described as rolling bricks going down the street, 
these trucks don't maneuver badly uh, for delivery vehicles. And when re-automotive comes out in a couple of years with its re-cornering technology on, uh, on a van that they did with a Morgan Olson's uh, EAVC group, uh, you will see four-wheel steering. So even greater maneuverability. So a lot going on in this space, really. Absolutely. And Alan, before we let you go, I, I got to ask about Nicola. Anthony here just made a little bit of an investment. Stock at 59 cents. What's going <laughs> on with their stock? So we, as we're getting ready to hear, I'm sure, about their decision on increasing shares, right? Well, right. That's that's coming in next week on the 7th of June. The first, I say the first vote, Kaylee, because if it doesn't pass, they'll keep trying. Believe me, uh, you know, just like they did last year, it took four tries to uh, increase that. Now, interestingly, yesterday in a sort of a town hall meeting uh, where uh, CEO Michael Loeschler tried to answer questions from investors about all that's going on, he said two things that were interesting. One is that they will do, and we talked about this in a story earlier in the week, they will go ahead and go with a reverse stock split to get their share price up. That doesn't do anything to the value of the company. It's cosmetic, but it's something that others have done to sort of stay out of trouble with, with uh, NASDAQ in, in terms of delisting. That's one thing. The other is that they have, they said, I think it's 189 firm orders, real orders, not just letters of, of interest. Um, for the fuel cell truck. So they're trying to make the case that we are viable. We just need to get, you know, money to get us to the next stage. And I think, you know, from reading the transcript of Loeschler's town hall, he took on the questions, I think, as honestly as he could. But, you know, but you should definitely look down the road. They've got some time. They're not under the gun on this delisting issue um, with the 59 cent stock price. Way to go, Anthony. You're, you're a brave man. <laughs> but, if, if the uh, SEC's listening, this wasn't insider trading. No, it's so. definitely a risky situation. <laughs> no, right, I don't. Alan. I don't think so. Um, you know, it, you know. I think. I think at this point, we just have to wait and see. I mean, you know, Nickel is doing all kinds of things. We haven't mentioned in the newsletter that they're working. You know, with PGD Trucking, which is a future customer, as well as Newcore Steel, to do you know uh, uh, sustainable deliveries of low carbon steel in in Kentucky, you know, so they're, they're trying, these guys are working it and they're, and they're trying that there's lots of naysayers out there and, you know, Twitter's aflame with all these horrible things that might happen. But honestly, I think, you know, they're, they're doing their best to kind of keep pushing forward. We'll see if it pays off in Anthony's stock return. Alan, thank you for joining us this morning. Of course, we can catch the Truck Tech newsletter this morning coming out at 11 a.m. and the show on Wednesdays. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you guys. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Freight Waves Now.